Remote selling is still big news, isn't it? We're still having to adapt. And on today's podcast, I've got with me Jerome Cortel. Jerome is a specialist in helping people do remote selling. He's been doing it for years. But not only that, he's a CRM guy. He's the co-founder of a CRM system for SMEs called SalesFlare. So you're going to get a double whammy in today's podcast, remote selling and CRM systems. You're listening to the Better Presentations More Sales podcast with Trevor Lee. Tune in each week for top tips and ideas to deliver in-person and online presentations, demos, sales pitches and webinars that will help grow your sales. And now, here's your host, Trevor Lee. Hi everybody, this is Trevor Lee. This is episode 136 of Better Presentations, More Sales. Now, before we get into talking to your own court out about remote selling and his CRM system called SalesFlare, which I'm sure is going to be really interesting for you. He's got some great ideas about how to, you know, we all use CRM systems, don't we? And we always moan about the fact we have to put so much detail into them. Well, have a listen to what Jerome's got to say about, about SalesFlare, because it seems to automate lots of the stuff that you do around emails, telephone calls, etc., etc. So let's get into that in a second. Just want to remind you that if you're interested in learning more about virtual selling november the 18th i've got a webinar coming up the show notes will include a link to how to register for free it's just 45 minutes it's going to be really fast and furious give you some great ideas about virtual selling so check that out right let's get into the podcast with your own so welcome your own to the podcast um all the way from belgium so would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself please uh, so I'm Jeroen Korthout, I'm a co-founder and CEO of Salesflare and Salesflare is a, a sales CRM um, for small and medium-sized businesses that is uh, on the one hand more automated than others and the other hand more easy to use. That's the, the shortest I can summarize. <laughs> Great stuff. Thank you, Jeroen. Now, um, one of the things we, Jeroen uh, and I discussed about talking about today is remote selling. Because I know it's a big thing for you, and you've written a great blog about it on your on on the Salesflare website and things mm, like thank that. You. So, what's you know what's your view about remote selling? How's you know I mean clearly your own in the last six months we've seen a lot of transformation around remote selling. So, where are we now, and what should we be doing better, or what should we be doing even? Yeah, um, what I think about remote selling, I, I personally have been doing it for. I think about five years now. Um, and uh, at first it's sort of an adaptation uh, because many people are not used to uh, selling in a Zoom call. Like I also, I used to go to customers, uh, have the whole um, drive there, sit in the lobby, get a coffee together, sit down in the meeting room, have all these pleasantries and then get into the conversation. And then, you know, everybody who is in sales kind of recognizes this, this pattern, I guess. Mm. Um, and then switching remotely was for us was, um, was needed because our customers are all over the world. So I couldn't just drive around to everyone. Um, so we started selling over zoom and it is sort of an adaptation. The, the, the big pro is that, um, it's much more productive. Like when I was driving around, there was so much time spent, uh, not only in the car, but also all these, uh, like waiting in the lobby because I, I was always 15 minutes early to make sure I'm never late. 
and then and then uh, getting a coffee and all these kind of things it it eats up an enormous amount of time uh, around the the actually valuable time which is the moment you're in the sales conversation and that's not at all the case with remote selling uh, you can basically jump on a zoom call um, have a bit of uh, informal chat, uh, have your sales conversation and jump on the next one. Um, obviously some of these calls still uh, require preparation, depends a bit on uh, the type of call you're having. Um, but still, if you, in, in the old world, let's say you do four or five conversations a day, um, if you're remote selling, you can easily do 10 uh, or, or more. Yeah. It's, it's interesting what you say about time, because I always, I always used to think as well that not only, you know, I'm a bit like you, I always like to be there early. So there is that time delay. Um, but um, I also used to find and, um, that when, he, when you were going to see somebody, then you get someone pop out and say, oh, um, so-and-so is going to be a few minutes late. Would you like a coffee or something? And so uh, do you, do, have you found, I've kind of found that when you do a Zoom call, things tend to be more punctual. Yeah. Have you found that? Definitely. Uh, there are some groups that are not like that, which are the ones who are back to back to back to back uh, all day, uh, like uh, venture capitalists or so. Uh, but most people are very punctual in Zoom calls. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, it's only when you mention that, you know, I really thought about that where, uh, where, you know, when you go and see people, you know, you are, you can be delayed, but not mm -hmm. on Zoom. So, I mean, one of the challenges I'm finding with the people I'm working with your own are, is, is, is the change of, uh, you know, they're getting their heads around having to, you know, think that they can do kind of sales on Zoom. Um, how did you make that transition? You know, how did you, you find that transition? Is it, you know, was it, was it easy to do in terms of the sales bit? Uh, what is exactly the, the issue they're having? I mean, for us in, um, I, I sell software. So a right. big advantage of, um, online sales or remote selling or is that there's actually it's easier to uh, show your product right uh, because I can just click share screen at the bottom I yeah, don't need yep. to start having a whole hassle with uh, is there a screen here can we hook <laughs> it up uh, that also takes an enormous amount of time you're in zoom it's just a, a big green button and and then there's another screen and, and that's it um, so Software sales tends to be really visual, uh, which lends itself quite well for, for remote selling. Uh, but I must say next to that, the, the technical part, I think most people sort of, they have it down. It's, uh, it's not complex. It's always the same. Um, it's more when it comes to porting the old experience uh, to the new world mm, mm. that it's harder. Um, it's much harder to uh, build relationships uh, when you're sort of right. two screens away yeah. from your prospects. Um, and there's a whole lot of uh, things you can do there, but uh, that many people aren't doing yet um, to build stronger relationships, even though you're, you're doing it as a, at a distance. Yeah. And so would you, how would you recommend that, um, those people who have been used to face-to-face -face sales for the last 20 years or so and now finding themselves having to do remote selling, um, is, is, it, is it something they just need to get on and do, basically? Yeah, uh, yeah, but, but maybe, maybe while knowing uh, sort of what um, the advantages also are or, or the things you can change or 
for instance, um, in, a, in a normal setting, we're um, expected to be very formal and, uh, I don't know, you, you, you're supposed to wear a suit or at least be nicely dressed. Uh, there's all this kind of formal things you adhere to while in, the, in a remote setting. Uh, everybody knows that everybody's at home or, well, a lot of people at home at least. Uh, some of them are in the office as well, but it immediately um, gives you the possibility to create a more informal uh, atmosphere. Mm, mm. Um, and that more informal atmosphere makes that you can create a sort of relationship you, you, you normally wouldn't be able to when you were in a normal setting. Um, many people have stuff in their backgrounds. This is accidental for me right now. Uh, the bikes and all. <laughs> Last week I also had them here and then, you know, yeah, people like saying like, oh, even are you a biker? And I'm like, yeah, sort of, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I'm, I'm a fervent biker. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. You know, I start building a, um, a conversation around that. That's interesting, isn't it? Because people have said, well, you know, when I used to go and see somebody, I would go in their <laughs> office or I'd go in their building and there's always be something I could spot as a talking point. Yeah. But you've just described that perfectly by saying, well, you've got your bikes there behind you. They're the talking point. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, you, of course, you, you said that, you know, you made this change a while ago uh, before you were forced to. So it was kind of a voluntary change and you've seen the benefits of it. Um, mm -hmm. I think some of the, you know, some people certainly, you know, that I, I'm, I'm, you know, knowledgeable about in the UK are thinking, well, we might have to do this remote selling bit for a while, but then we will go back to how we used to do it. <laughs> do you think there's a general movement from buyers in particular that they've got used to this now for everybody and they're not going to want you back in there visiting them quite so often? Uh, I don't know whether it's going to come from the buyer's side. I mean, what comes from the buyer side, I think, is that it is now acceptable uh, to not come to the buyer. The buyer will now be like, "Oh, oh, you want to, don't want to come here? You don't want to sell to me?" You know, I don't, I don't think that's gonna that's gonna be an issue anymore. And then on the on the the seller side, uh, because it's so much more productive, I think organizations are gonna push for it more and more. Actually, before COVID came, things were in motion already, but we, we would call it uh, inside sales uh, most of the time. And that was expanding year after year mm, after year. Mm, um, field sales forces were being replaced by inside sales forces. But that was like, a, uh, you know, like, like with e-commerce, something ramping up. Uh, and now we got this big uh, shock to the system. Yeah. Uh, and I think after when we go back, certainly a lot of people will still do field sales, um, but there will be much, much more remote selling. Mm, mm. And I think also the, the opportunity like you described with your business is that you were, you know, in a global marketplace. So, you, you know, it was just getting impossible to travel everywhere to see everybody. And I think one thing I've noticed is there's a few companies now beginning to think, hey, actually, we can be in a global marketplace as well because we, we didn't do it before because we just assumed we had to travel everywhere. So that kind of put us off. So, uh, you know, but now we don't need to do that. I'm, I'm certainly in that sector, you know, with what I do. So um, now the other thing, I, you know, you, you're, you, you're a CRM person, you know, you've got your own company sales flair. So the other thing I'd really like to get, you know, pick your brains on a bit during this, this podcast, Jeroen, is, is about CRM systems. And um, I'm working with a couple of clients at the moment who are using various CRM systems to mm -hmm. various degrees. I'm, I don't really know a huge amount about CRM systems. So 
just give us a bit of an oversight. If, if, if listeners out there are struggling with their CRM or thinking of changing their CRM, what would you be, what would you be suggesting that they, they do first and think about? Yeah. So first of all, I cannot make a recommendation for everyone. Uh, yeah. In, in the CRM space, there's like more than 600 CRMs out there. Um, if you go on the web, uh, review website G2, I think there's 611 or so on there. So that's a wow. whole lot of CRMs. And um, some of them are general purpose, um, but most of them are, are not at all. Like they're made for a specific purpose or group or whatever. Um, so it, it, there it already very much depends uh, what the size of your company is. There's uh, enterprise CRMs, first of all, are very different from uh, small and medium-sized business CRMs. Um, and so the enterprise CRMs like Salesforce are more like um, systems with building blocks. You get a consultant in there, they build the system you expect to use. Um, while the, the small and medium-sized business CRMs are much more about, uh, about the end user and about something practical out of the box. Uh, so you don't need to get that army of consultants there. Um, it will be much more focused on usability versus customizability. Although it's always like a, there's always a spectrum there. Um, within that space, we then focus on, uh, sales so a crm that is focused on helping you uh, follow up your leads and your customers better uh, create that sort of system uh, and make more sales and then within that space uh, we focus on uh, making that easier and more automated um, and when i say that i mean that most crms um, actually fail at that purpose they're not really helping you to following up follow up your leads and your customers better for two reasons uh the main reason being um that to achieve that purpose salespeople need to fill out the crm which is something that they really hate to do yeah yeah uh, it's a lot of work um and very often the second reason they the system does not really help even if they they fill it out it's it's more of a drag on them as a salesperson than it is something that helps them. Um, so many of these systems very quickly become a, a sort of management reporting system where everybody's just filling out the data to make sure that their manager is happy. Um, but it's, it's not the system that it ought to be, which is a, a system that helps them really uh, sell to be more successful. Uh, and that is also for all kinds of other purposes like, um, somebody is sick and, and colleagues need to pick up or uh, two departments need to work together and they sort of need to know what's been said to the customer uh, from all sides, sales, marketing, service. Um, or uh, the company just wants to know like who are we in touch with? Uh, you know, all these kind of simple things are often not possible because there is this issue of the CRM not being used in the right way, uh, not having the data in there. And that's the issue that we, we focus on very much Yeah, uh, with Salesflare, where we built a CRM that is actually built on top of the, the data that's already there. Right. Um, and makes it very easy to then, to then curate that data 
to like the, the 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 system organizes most of it for you you just have to say yes i want to create this company these people indeed belong to that company the system already created them pulled in email signatures for them pulled in social data for them uh, pulled in extra information on the company then when you when you accept to add these people uh, a timeline fills with all the emails you've exchanged in your mailbox the meetings you you had with them in your calendar uh, the calls you had with them in your phone and so the, the system auto populates and makes it much much easier on the input side but then also on the output side um, the, because it has all this data it can create um, uh, for instance suggested tasks like, hey, it looks like you've forgot to follow up this customer uh, for the last five days. Maybe you should do that. Uh, so that, that salespeople really uh, can use it for, I mean, to, to better follow up their leads. Mm, that's really interesting, your own, because I was looking at the video on your website of how your system works. And um, one thing that I hear a lot with clients I work with is that you'll get one salesperson who says, well, I use, you know, I populate the CRM, but my colleagues don't mm -hmm. or my bosses don't. And so therefore it's almost a waste of time what I'm doing because if they're not doing it as well. So am I right in thinking from what you just said and what I saw on, on your website is that your system, Salesflare, takes all that away. So every time I interact with a customer, if I've set it up to record my interactions, and is that, does that include phone calls, emails, LinkedIn connection, all that stuff, does it? Yeah, not LinkedIn uh, because LinkedIn uh, does not allow that. They have the, okay. they, they closed off their whole system to. Uh, All right, okay. I think, but but yeah. predominantly, I mean, emails and, and and am I right in thinking phone calls as well? Even. Yeah, it's if it, if you use an Android phone, it can uh, access the call history. Right. Uh, so there, it pulls in the full history, and then it starts matching that up with uh, numbers of customers, and then start showing them in timelines and all that. On iPhones, it uh, it can't. Uh, because Apple doesn't allow uh, access okay. to the call history for any app. Okay. Um, but then there's other, also other solutions where, for instance, when you click a, uh, a phone number or an icon, it will also auto-log a call um, or some voice over IP systems. You can also hook up that when there's a call, it gets uh, stored in the system. Sure. Now, if, if, if people are listening to this and they're thinking, this is the kind of thing I need, so where can they find out a bit more about Salesflare, your own? Uh, about Salesflare, uh, you can find out everything on salesflare.com. Um, there's some information there. You can also try the, the product. Uh, at the top right, there's a button that says something I tried for free. Okay. And then yeah. you have a, a trial of about 7 to 30 days. It depends how many steps you take in the, the setup. Uh, you get extra days by completing steps. Okay. Um, and you're and the people want to... Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, please carry on. Please carry on. I wanted to say if people want to get in touch with me, they can do that on LinkedIn. Uh, but so there's only one person with my name. So that's it's not too difficult. <laughs> uh, but please include a message because otherwise uh, I, I don't I cannot distinguish you from any random spammer. Or... Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We all need to get using personalized invitations a lot better on LinkedIn, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Now you founded, uh, you co-founded Salesflare in 2014. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just interested to know as we come towards the end of this uh, podcast interview, but how have you, what have you noticed in those six years in terms of the way that um, people are, are dealing with sales and, and, and using data in sales and be more aware of, of, of the systems that they can 
be using for more efficiency in their sales? Have you, have you seen a, a change in the, in the attitude and the, and the definitely. Approach? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on, on, on the, on the issue that we solved, like automated data, um, in the beginning when we started, people were like, Oh, you want to get all the emails in the CRM? Is that, is that a good idea? Like all CRM vendors had been saying that was not a good idea because it was technically difficult. So they said, no, you don't want all this, the, the, the emails in the CRM nowadays, that's, that's much more normal. Uh, so that has definitely evolved. But in general, I would say uh, there's a lot of sales automation uh, here now that only just about started six years ago when we, when we started. Um, and a lot of that is like, um, like sending automated email sequences and tracking your emails and, uh, and uh, tracking, uh, for instance, uh, remote selling conversations that you can coach your team uh, with all kinds of analytics, you know, all this kind of different sales automation things started popping up and people started using them. But I, I do believe that we're still very much at the, at the beginning of this. And then there's a whole lot of things coming because as soon as all that data in sales becomes available, uh, there's so many interesting things possible uh, to automate away a lot of the things that, uh, that salespeople aren't really made for, let's say, like all the, the software-ish things, robotic stuff. Um, and we'll also get a much, much bigger insight into how sales works, why it works, uh, why certain salespeople uh, perform better than others. Uh, inside that we, we didn't have at all in the past. Interestingly, uh, uh, on my uh, podcast last week uh, with David Roddick, he talked about whether you know sales was a science or an art or a combination of the two. Uh, do you have a do you have a view on that? I, I think definitely a combination of the two. I mean, it's uh, it's partly about uh, um, doing specific things in a in a technique sort of kind of way, like uh, more technical skills but it's also partly uh human um which which makes it more of an art sure well you're right we, we of course across the world we're in difficult times you know the economies aren't great businesses are struggling but clearly you know there are always going to be opportunities for in these circumstances for businesses to move forward and kind of leave their competition behind by by doing things differently so Mm-hmm. You know, if you could advise the you know business owners listening to this podcast of a couple of things that they could they ought to be doing now to get ahead and get well prepared for whenever things change uh, more favorably, what would that what would they be? Yeah, if you don't have a lot of insight in your sales process, I would definitely start there. And there's a lot of companies uh, that haven't like adopted a system yet to properly keep track of their sales pipeline, what they're discussing with customers, and all those kind of things. So that's uh, certainly step number one. Um, step number two, maybe these days is to, um, focus a bit better on a specific target audience. Uh, it might be a bit harder depending on the, the industry you're in to, to sell, uh, what you're selling, um, and focusing really on the, the target group that is most likely, uh, for you to succeed with um is is uh, a good idea and then maybe third um 
especially with this pandemic uh, continuing still for a while, I'm afraid, uh, motivation levels of, of uh, salespeople might, might start dropping. So to, to look at that very much um, and maybe adopt some new ways of, uh, for instance, measuring their performance. One of the things you can do is uh, instead of just taking revenue goals, focusing much more on, on today and what can be achieved today or this week. Uh, like how many um, new leads can you create, for instance? Um, like things that are a bit more short term instead of these lofty uh, yearly goals. And uh, that might make a lot of sense as well. Sure. And I think also, um, I think one of the challenges for sales leadership is communication as well with their team when they're not in the office anymore. And, uh, it, you know, it can be quite a, a lonely transition when you're sat at, you know, you're working at home when you've used to been driving around the country or the world or whatever it yeah. is, and uh, you're feeling a bit isolated. So I think leadership really, uh, you know, big responsibility there. Um, Jeroen, that's been super. Thank you very much for, uh, for sharing all that insight. Um, I'll put all the contact details in the show notes for everybody who's listening, who wants to get in touch with you or find out more about SalesFlare. And thanks for giving us your, your views and insight into remote selling. You've got a bit of a head start over a lot of people having been doing it for quite a while. But uh, so that's, that's really useful. So uh, uh, yeah, and uh, good to see you've got two bikes in the background so you can still get out and about and do stuff. So uh, but uh, yeah, thank you very much for, uh, for your time this morning and, uh, and you know, enjoy the rest of the year as best you can and, uh, and good luck with the continuation of growth of your business. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. So some great tips on remote selling and also some ideas about how to really run a very efficient CRM system from your own there. And, you know, I love the, the thoughts he gave at the end, the three top tips. You know, don't forget, it's the inside sales process that really matters. So you've got to have a really good look at that and make sure you're focused on the, you know, the people who are likely to buy from you. That's really important right now, isn't it? Because you don't want to be wasting time. I mean, I hear a lot of people say they're incredibly busy. What are they incredibly busy at? Are they actually incredibly busy focusing on the right things? And of course, motivating your sales teams. And that's a big challenge for leaders, you know, right now, because you're not in that office environment so much where you can walk around and do that sort of motivational way. You have to be more in terms of remote communication. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That's the end of another podcast. Don't forget, if you need any help, with your sales growth or your presenting skills or ideally combining the both. So you want to win more sales pitches or you want to convert more sales proposals or you want to feel more comfortable remote selling, virtual selling, whatever you call it, then do give me a call. I've got loads of programs to offer you. They're all virtual and they start from just 40 minutes a month one-to-one coaching. So, you know, it's open to everybody. So it's you know available to you all. I'd love to work with you. So give me a call. 07785390717 or drop me an email trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk and let's do some great work together and help you drive your business forward thanks for listening see you next week